Hey guys, it's Ed. I am coming to you from rainy cities. Um, this is going to be kind of a road trip um, series of episodes, I guess you want to say. Um, I had thought about just taking the week off and not doing any more, but just because I'm on vacation doesn't mean that the gossip stops. So instead of taking a huge break. I'm just going to record from different areas. Um, so let's talk about more sex in the city stuff. Um, it's really funny that, um, I'm just about to complete work on, um, the, the Kim Control Sarge's Parker companion book and start work on the next one, which is going to be Stormy Daniels and Donald Trump, um, and it's, it's almost like these people just want to keep fueling, um, the companion book series, because, um, you know, now there's Donald Trump Jr. and his affair with Aubrey O'Day and everything that's coming out about that, and, and the divorce, um, of Donald Trump Jr., and Cynthia Nixon, who was kind of, for lack of a better word, a supporting character in, um, the feud between, um, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Control announced that she's now running for governor, um, and just all this salacious stuff is happening, and, um, I shouldn't say salacious, there's nothing too scandalous or anything like that, but it is kind of odd that, um, there's all this feud, um, you know, Andrew Cuomo's not happy, um, and whatever, so, I think Cynthia Nixon might get her own companion book out of this. Um, let's talk about how Sarah Jessica Parker came out and gave her support to her co-star and friend, um, on an Instagram post, of course, because that's how these things are done. Um, basically what had happened was, (laughs) um... There's a reason why that's funny. I'll I'll get into that later with you guys. Um, But basically what happened was she put out this post and said, you know, I'm so proud of you. You're lovely. You've been my friend forever. Um, Apparently they've been friends um, since they were little girls. And, um, you know, she said, you have my support, my vote, whatever. And there was some kind of controversy surrounding it. I'm not sure what it was. Um... I haven't read too much into that. I'm guessing it's because um, everyone really expected her to be more diplomatic and um, focus on the issues, maybe? I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure. Um, What I, uh, the the articles that I've been reading have also talked about how, um, Kristen Davis, like, came right out and, and gave her support to Cynthia Nixon. Um, Kim Cattrall has kind of been, um, I don't want to say silent because she actually made a statement via Twitter saying that she supports all of her cast, her former castmates, um, post-show, post-movie franchise career decisions, um, but to to many, including myself, that didn't come out as being supportive. It came out more as I don't want to um, 
deal with being asked about it. Which I wish I could talk to Kim Cattrall and be like, look, um, you know, all the research I've done has has um, indicated that there was some sort of unhappiness. Why did you agree to the first two movies? Like, there had to have been a reason if it wasn't financially motivated. Um, because it's clear to me that you cannot stand these these ladies. You know, and if you couldn't stand them, why would you work with them again for three to six months filming a, a movie? Um, so, that I really want to ask him to control that, and I'm curious as to, um, there was a blind item a couple of weeks ago that said that the whole reason why Cynthia Nixon more sided with Sarah Jessica Parker in the feud is because Cynthia Nixon needed Sarah Jessica Parker's endorsement because of, um, uh, of Sarah's connections to the New Yorker and the New York social life and how it could open doors for her. Um, like I said, it's going to be a companion book. I'm going to do a lot more research. I promise you that. Um, I will be right back. Alright guys, I'm back. Um, let's talk about Roseanne. I think this is going to be the longer segment, or the longer story. Um, it'll probably be two, two segments, because there's a lot to cover. Um, with the Roseanne comeback... Um, so it premiered on Tuesday, and it premiered to huge ratings. Um, over 18 million people watched um, watched the episodes. Um, I, I, I knew the actual figures, but they're out of my head right now. Um, I believe it was like 17.9 um, for the first episode and 18.3 million for the second Um, But that's not what um, advertisers care about. And frankly, most networks don't care about that either. The only network that kind of cares about how many people are watching any given show is um, CBS. Um, What networks care about is the demo. Um, The the demographic, in case you don't know, um, that they care about are 18 to 49-year-olds. And... um, Depending on the network, they want to know the women. Um, but whether it's men or women watching. Um, in the case of ABC, which um, Roseanne airs on, they're more female skewing. However, we're just going to talk about the demo numbers. Um, it was the first episode got a 4.9, which is really massive. Um, that, but the second one actually grew. Now, there's a reason why I'm talking about this. The second one grew to 5.3, I believe. Here's why I'm talking about this. That means the half hour grew um, from 9 or from 8 to 8.30. This is a really good thing. Um, And the reason why I'm saying it's a really good thing is because... Um, for ABC, obviously, Tuesday has been a night when they've been trying to launch, um, a comedy block, and they did it with the middle, um, anchoring it, but with the middle ending, um, when they moved it, it was already an old show, and it was only playing in a one demographic, a one, uh, 1. 1.2 or 1. 1.3, I believe. With Roseanne coming back, 
they're kind of hoping for a halo effect, um, like what Will and Grace has done for Thursday night, um, NBC on Thursday night. Um, and, and I will tell you, with Will and Grace and Roseanne being such massive hits for the networks, we will be seeing quite a few more um, reboots and revivals. Um, because built-in brand awareness helps a lot with marketing. Um, you know, it, there was a part of me that almost went with um, Generation Gossip um, for this podcast instead of Drunk Gossip because it was already built in um, and already had brand awareness. I decided to try this one because it sounded more fun to me and I get to drink at work. What could be better? <laughs> um, but... So, because of the massive ratings, um, and because they, ABC kind of saw it coming, that it was going to be a huge hit, they were already in talks with um, Roseanne to come back for a second season, which is, which is great. I mean, who doesn't love that? Um, it's just one of those things where, yes, like, it, it is imperative that businesses, um, succeed, uh, at, at what they do best. What ABC does best is family sitcoms, which we see by Modern Family, um, American Housewife, The Middle, um, Blackish, and Roseanne is, is, would say, or could argue is one of the most successful family sitcoms that's ever been. And um, I'm writing an, an essay right now about why Roseanne is such a success and why American Idol failed. Um, which, maybe... Uh, anyways, the reason why Roseanne succeeded is because she knows what people want. Um... And I will get more into that, like I said, in the essay. I'll let you guys know where to read it when it's published. For right now, I'm going to go, and I'll be right back with some more Roseanne stuff. Okay, guys, I'm back. Um, let's continue talking about Roseanne. Um, so, as I said in the last segment, it was it was just massive. Um, ABC's already um, talking about bringing it back for another season. Or it could be like Will and & Grace and get a multi-year renewal. Um, taking it through um, revival seasons two and three. I don't know what the discussions are, but what I do know and what has been um, not even hinted at, but said outright, is that part of the holdup on the renewal announcement has been the fact that um, has been the fact that Lori Metcalf, after being nominated f- um, for an Oscar for Lady Bird this year, is so busy that they have to kind of find a way to schedule her in because you can't do Roseanne without Aunt Jackie. Um, and so that's kind of where there's been some issues. Now, um, when I posted the status about this, I made a joke about Roseanne killing and then unkilling Aunt Jackie. I don't actually believe she would do that. Um, I just feel the need to say I, I, that was definitely a joke. So if you friended me because of the podcast and you saw that, it was only a joke. Roseanne is not going to kill off Aunt Jackie. 
Um, but they are going to have to work around and figure out how to um, make things work for Laurie Metcalf's schedule because being an Oscar-nominated actress um, usually brings many more opportunities. Um, and I believe... I could be wrong, but I believe Laurie Metcalf is very close to becoming an EGOT. Um, I know she has an Emmy. Um, she, she has won an Oscar. Um, and I believe she needs to win a Grammy, but with her Oscar nomination, that's almost kind of a foregone conclusion that she's going to win one eventually, uh, if she chooses to keep making movies, um, at the caliber of Lady Bird. Um, and, but switching focus, I want to talk about John Goodman, um, and how he says that Roseanne saved his life. Uh, and I'm not talking about the sitcom and, you know, giving him enough money to last forever. Although it did, although that is also true. Um, during the final years of the first run of Roseanne, um, John Goodman was an alcoholic and... Um, there were a lot of, um, situations which ultimately led to the season nine where he wasn't a regular anymore. Um, at the time it was said that he just wanted off the show, he was unhappy, he wanted to focus on his movie career, but he did an interview, I believe it was with People, um, where he and Roseanne are, are talking and he finally comes out with it and says, yeah, I, you know... This, this woman right here, Roseanne, has been my friend for years. Like, I love her. I love working with her. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes on to say that it's because of her that he got sober. Um, she, she took kind of a tough love stance with him and said, get your shit together. I can't watch another person I love battle addiction. And, you know, it it always seemed odd to me that John Goodwin wanted out at at season nine. Um, It's been done before, obviously. Um, uh, Jason Segal wanted out of How I Met Your Mother. Um, after season eight, but they convinced him to sign on for another, um, year. But he was a, he was a full-time cast member. He was, he appeared in every single episode. Um, John Goodman didn't appear in every episode, and then turned around and had, uh, well, the character had an affair, allegedly. Um, and I think that might have been Roseanne just kind of working out her anger, um, so, I mean, first of all, just to me, I'm so glad that Roseanne and John Goodman are actually friends. Um, I don't know why, but it just, I think it really speaks to their characters that they are such good friends. And thank God that she got him sober. You know, we make a lot of jokes here about drinking and whatnot, but the truth of the matter is, um... You don't ever want to over-imbibe, and you don't want alcohol to be the focus of your life. Just the focus of a podcast. Just the focus of um, jokes. But if you are addicted to alcohol, that is a very serious issue, and 
I really hope that you go get help. Um, even if it means you can't listen to this podcast anymore because, you know, I'm a bad influence. I would totally understand. Um, the most important thing to me is um, my listeners, my fans, my readers, health. So if, if you're not healthy, go get healthy. And I will be right back. Hey guys, um, I'm back. I'm going to do an op-ed now. Um, and we were talking about Roseanne, um, and we're going to continue to do so because it is the hottest topic in America right now. Um, the number one show, um, and it's kind of a tale of two reboots, really, if you think about it, um, or two, a tale of two revivals. Um, American Idol also came back earlier this month, and here's where it gets interesting. American Idol debuted well below what they were averaging, even in their final season. Um, and Roseanne, um, it was noted by ABC, her ratings were higher than the last 12 episodes of the series, of the original series. And, you know, there's a lot of theme talk, and this is part of the, the, the essay I'm writing, there's a lot of talk about this, about why Roseanne is so much higher than American Idol, and, you know, if if there's really so much anti-Trump, why is she so popular? And here is the reason, okay? Bear with me. Roseanne is probably one of the smartest sitcom uh, creators, writers, whatever you want to call her, ever. She knows how to tap into the zeitgeist. And if you actually watch the episodes, yes, Roseanne, her character is pro-Trump. And it certainly seems as if um, Dan, played by John Goodman, is also pro-Trump. But you also have Jackie, who um, was pro-Hillary. You have Darlene and and her son, um, who is gender-fluid. Um, Darlene certainly seems to be among the more liberal. Um, DJ and Becky really didn't get into the politics of it all. But you see a family that loves each other, but they're fractured because of what's going on. What Roseanne does, um, and she did it very brilliantly the first eight seasons of the original run, is she mimics real-life America. This is what's happening across the country. Um, you know, it did, the Midwest especially, but I would argue it's probably happening all across the, 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 the country. Um, I, you know, I have a friend who I'm in writing group with, and he was writing an essay about how, you know, his dad voted for Trump. Um, and that's the whole thing, like, Families don't agree on politics right now. Um, there seems to be a very divisive nature. Um, and Roseanne, what she did is she tapped into that and she made it funny. Both sides got their barbs in. It wasn't one-sided as has been presented by um, some of the reviews I've seen. Um, and... I, I think that's very important. Roseanne 
is still Roseanne. I agreed with um, what Michael Asiello said about, you know, it, it seems like, you know, Roseanne, is, the character is defending Trump no matter what, and that's not the Roseanne we knew. But what we also have to think about is this is not 20 years ago. We don't know what happened in the 20 years. You know, there's a whole narrative that could be filled right there about what happened and um, and whatnot. Um, so, yes, well, there is, there is something to be said for that. Um, but here's the, uh, here's another point that I really think needs to be made. The reason why Roseanne and Will and Grace, um, uh, even I'm going to argue the upcoming Murphy Brown reboot, the reason why these are so hotly anticipated by the fans is not because it's a title that we know and love. I mean, that's part of it, of course, but that's not the only reason. It's the same cast. I mean, you know, of, of, with Murphy Brown, there's a, um, there's a couple things that can't happen. Like, Jim Dial can't come back full-time because he's 80 years old and not able to work as much. Um, but for the most part, these casts are coming back together. Um, Will and Grace, you know, these people are really friends. We see that. We see that in interviews. Um, with Roseanne, as I talked about in the last segment, is really friends with John Goodman. She's really friends with Laurie Metcalf. You know, maybe they don't talk every day, but they're friends. The reason why American Idol, I think, is sinking and not doing as well is because, other than Ryan Seacrest, there is no one else there that we recognize. Now, of course, the talent is going to change. It did every year. And I think that you part of the reason why the ratings started sinking in the original run of American Idol is because we didn't know one season to the next who was going to be a judge. The first five, six seasons, it was a very stable judging panel. And that's why there was, the ratings were so good. Because people knew Simon was going to be acerbic. Paula was going to be flighty. Randy was going to say dog at some point. And we lost that. You know, when... When, you know, they, when the original judges started leaving we kind of lost that whole thing. And I think that, more than anything else, is what caused the ratings tumble. Um, you know, it, when they brought it back, they should have tried everything to get Paula or Randy or Simon back. At least at least one of the judges, if not all three judges. And I bet you any money that if they had been able to do that, the ratings would be double what they are. Because if you're going to bring back a familiar title... Bring back the familiar stars. And that is going to be all for this op-ed. Okay, guys, I'm back. And we're going to do a blind item now. Um, This one comes from our friends over at blindgossip.com. For this and any other blind items, go check them out. They have the best blind items. Um, And they're usually revealed, um, unless it's outing someone who is not yet out um same thing with crazy days and nights um they have really good blind items and they don't out anybody which i think is uh, impressive this one is called they told him to step it up 
and again, it comes from blind gossip. It, um, they say it, it was a publicity-driven relationship, but this young singer and his family are still angry about his ex-girlfriend. And wait until you find out who they blame. Her mother, the source says, her mother was such a nightmare. It was supposed to be a mutual publicity relationship. But after the first few months, the mother kept demanding more and more and more from him. She really wanted an engagement. Engagement is in quotation marks. The end came when she she said that he needed to step it up because her daughter was now more popular than him and he needed the daughter uh, more than the daughter needed him. That was too insulting. One other little tidbit, tidbit you might find interesting. Most people don't know that she buys social media followers and her family pays media outlets to run articles about her. He made it on his own with his talent. Her family bought her career for her. By the way, if you think back a couple of years, you'll realize that we told you exactly what this relationship was about and in what direction it was going before it even started. I'm thinking that this is Zayn Malik and um, uh, Gigi Hadid. Um, Yolanda, whatever her last name is now, just seems to be very... um, She's under the impression that her and her family are more famous than what they actually are. She thinks that people actually like them and that whatever... But she never takes into account that when you start by being a fame whore, that's all people see you as. And if you have to pay people to follow you on social media, if you have to pay people to write stories about you, you don't have a career. I don't know exactly what you would call that. Um, but it, it's certainly not a career. A career is something that you work at and that you, you build. You know, my writing career started eight years ago. Um, and I worked very hard. At the time, I had, you know, four, five hundred people on Facebook um, on my personal account. Now I have 1,300. Um, my author page reaches over 500 people um, that aren't on my page, that are I'm not friends with. Um, I have two Twitter accounts. One has more than 600 followers. The other, um, was just started and, uh, it's already has over 150 followers. Now these are not impressive numbers by any stretch of the imagination and I don't pretend that they are, but these are organic people who want to follow me. Um, these are not people who, um, I'm paying to follow me. I'm not asking anyone to follow me. And I think that's the big difference here. Um, my Instagram, I don't know how many people follow me on Instagram, honestly. Um, I know every time I post a new picture and use hashtags, I get people to follow me. Um, and, and I somehow bring out all the scammers. Um, that's a completely different story um, that I will write about um, at some point in the, in the near future. But I, I guess my point is... Um, you know, Yolanda was on The Real Housewives of, I want to say Orange County, but it might have been Beverly Hills. It was one of those California shows. And there was there were rumors that she was faking an illness just for a storyline. I don't know if that's ever come out as true or not, but there were rumors. And it was, um, it was very impressive 
that these media outlets really, really, like, chase down that story. Um, when, when she left, it was because she thought she was getting her own show. And nobody has bought that show. And the reason is, it goes right back to what I just said. You don't have the popularity that you think you do. It, you might have a million followers on Twitter. You might have a million followers on Facebook. But tell me, how many of those are organic? And when I say organic, I mean people who sought you out. Or people who... Um, people who were interested in what you had to say or do or whatever... And not people that you had to buy. Not people that you paid for. Not people that you had to beg and plead with to follow you. That's what I mean. And honestly, with her, there is no way that people actually sought her out. Um, and, and getting back to the blind item, Zane was a contestant on The X Factor... And actually had talent. That's why Simon Cowell saved him. And put him in one direction. You know, whatever else people may say about those boys, they had talent. You know, yes, maybe they sold their souls to get a boy band and make a ton of money. And there's certainly an argument for that. But they had the talent. Um, That's shown by Zayn, ever since he went solo, has had number one hits. He recorded with Taylor Swift. He... Um, people are still talking about him. People still know him. The whole thing, I think, with with Yolanda and thinking that GB was more popular than him, is that, you know, he maybe he doesn't get written about every day now. But that's what happens. You know, look at Jennifer Aniston. Before her divorce, people know her. People love her. But... She wasn't written about every day. She wasn't always in the gossip blogs. Making the gossip blogs does not make you popular. It does not make you money. If you're paying them to write about you, it actually costs you money. And that's going to do it for this edition of Drunk Gossip Road Trip. I hope you guys enjoyed. And um, I know I didn't say what I was drinking because technically I'm not supposed to be drinking. Um... So, there's that. Um, I will be doing another road trip episode coming up in a few days. Um, And I really hope you guys enjoy your Easter. Happy Easter, everyone. Much love to you all. And cheers.